Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, and today is the fourth season. I'm so excited. Who would have known? Who knows your steps? It is Aries. Uh, yesterday was the equinox. That's one of our timing cycles that we're going to talk about. And coming up this week, too, is the Venus star point in Aries. What is that? Well, it's an amazing heartbeat, a kiss between the sun and the earth, a connection of that really is like a backdrop. And we'll discuss that, too, in further detail. So just trying to explain a little bit about the equinox. It's a, a moment that happens twice a year where the light is balanced between the northern and the hemi- uh, southern hemispheres. Don't mind my hand. I might be going in the opposite direction of north and south here. Uh, maybe I'm down under, right? Looking up. But the point is, is that uh, in that moment, and it has a lot to do with the seasons, and we could say as one... I just read about an astrologer that it is a moment where when you're uh, you spring north or fall south, which I thought was very catchy because really right now we're in the springtime above the equator and it's the fall below the equator. And that's a concept that astrologers are really beginning to try to comprehend and work with how we speak metamor- in metaphors because our association is so different. Hey, I think somebody answered that, that they like that idea. Okay, so a Venus star point, that there are, it's a cycle of 100 years. They go in reverse like our nodes. And there's always five at a time in that 100-year cycle. It it seems complex. It has its pattern, but it's a perfect pattern. And therefore, it has the the characteristics of the the mean, the, uh, what's it called, the the perfect mean, the Fibonacci, um, the golden mean. Thank you, the golden mean, Da Vinci, his hands, his arms sticking out. And in a sense, the star pattern is very connected with that, where there's a head, two hands, and feet. So right now we're going to be dealing with the Aries Venus star point, along with some of the others, because they all relate. Okay, so tonight, or today, wherever you are on the universe, we are bringing two wonderful panelists that have been with us before. There is Ray Sapp, I see her bright smile. So Mountain Astrologer Magazine, she now owns that magazine and taking the reins from Tem. It's really an exciting new venture going forward. And Ray Sapp, as I said, is the publisher of the Mountain Astrologer Magazine, and it keeps us together as astrologers around the globe. And she's a second generation astrologer, prefers the name Astromancer a witch holding space for sacred language play. And her mother helped, as my mother, 
get this language down. And so as we are always feeding other people, who knows, maybe this will be the trend of times again. We never know these things until later. And I'm a little bit rusty at this because we've been doing automatic ones, but it's important. And you can always find out the astrologer if you go to Talk Cosmos or just check out the Mountain Astrologer for Ray. And so she's been professionally a practitioner since 2017, has a BA in Recreation Management and English Language from California Polytech State University at San Luis Obispo. I was just through there. Great area. And passionate about psychohorology, sexology, neurology. I don't think I'm saying these right, but at any rate, it's very exciting. And the whichwaycafe.com. So hi, Ray. It's great to have you. And hi, Jeff Sue. Gronland. Yes, hi. And Jeff Gronland of the OPA magazine, among other things. But OPA is Astrology Organization for Professional Astrology. It's really a wonderful site for to also connect with about astrology because you don't have to be professional yet you can have that as your pathway and they help you but it is with that idea that we are a profession and so for jeff gronland his interest developed at 17 again a lifetime studying old esoteric books from hometown university library and venturing through myriad of paths leading to professional astrology consultations in 2014. He became a certified evolutionary astrologer through Maurice Fernandez, which we are all students of, very wonderfully to give, who is evolutionary astrology, and graduated in 2017. He's a board member and community outreach director for the organization of four. I should have my pronouns right. Professional Astrology, OPA, an international astrology organization with satellites in 13 countries, if I have that right. He's a father, thinker, photographer, editor, and he lives in rural Maine. Now, Ray is in California and I'm in Hawaii. So we spread a little bit the distance once again. And in our thoughts, we connect. So hello, Jeff. It's so great to see you again. Hi, yeah. Sue. And interestingly, as we will start, I listen to OPA today as I am a member. It's very reasonable. And every month they have a great talk, a lecture, not a conversation like this. We never know quite where we're going. We have the threads, but we create our own product. And I listen to Ariel. And so as I begin each uh session, we come up with something that resonates in our heart about this whole subject. So I will start it off and I will say that what really um, um, interests me is the idea that this heartbeat that has representation to how we connect to the world and how we see beauty and form and the meaningfulness of our values, because it's Venus, remember, with our ego of the the, the sun with the manifestation through the earth for groundedness, planting this, that we are really in a dialogue progressively with our values historically through um, the generations. It's not just now. There's an interconnection between the current 
um, heartbeats, you might say, that are vibrating in the background, um, that are in this, in a relationship that isn't always easy to th- synthesize. So that's just an eye opener. It's there and it, it can go way back and forward. Okay. So Ray, I know you were said you had something that you were thinking about. What might you add? Yes. What I wanted to share today, uh, mostly on the essence of Aries um, and something I feel like isn't always talked about with this archetype, um, but so it's from a uh, post Taoist philosopher, Zenavir Dao. Um, And so it says, the post-Taoist notion of the true yang is abject vulnerability. When one is at their most yang state, they're actually in a world of total unknowing and absolute vulnerability. And so I feel like with Aries, you know, it being the first sign of the natural zodiac. And again, it's so... um, so entwined with this notion of the warrior that we kind of forget that vulnerable roots and how primal Aries is. And in particular, I think in this day and age, we need to embrace radical vulnerability and what it means to reach out and just embrace one another as humans, as animals of the earth. Radical, invulnerable. That's an imprinted. Thank you. And Jeff, what might you throw into the pot here yeah um ray that's beautiful that's a really fantastic uh perception and 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 an interesting um passage about you know taoism and the yang um i don't have anything prepared necessarily but i just wanted to uh just yesterday i was reviewing um the venus star points from last year and this year uh, as well as some other things and noticed how potent and I know that we'll probably be, we will be talking about this uh, as we go along here in the next hour, 45 minutes to an hour. But uh, last June was a Venus star point in Gemini. And uh, I'm not going to bore you with all the specifics, how many of these connections that I found in between last year's Venus star point and this year's Venus star point in, um, in five days here. But needless to say, the connections were primarily focused around Mercury, Gemini, and Aries, Mars, and the nodes. And these are, uh, not to mention the sun, of course, because they're both Venus star points and Venus, but the connections beyond the sun-Venus conjunctions, the Venus star points, um, was Mars and Gemini. Gemini being uh, the north node this year at 13 degrees, Mars connect conjunct that and so anyway the connection to me is is predominantly about communication um about angst about um activism and vocal activism you know so i think that we can all it goes without saying how vocally active uh so many people have been and how much things have been that intense over the past number of years, especially the last year and a half with so much as what's gone down um, socially, culturally, globally, collectively. So, yeah. Uh, This is ideal. I love that factor because we are in the nodes of Gemini and Sag and communication is really an in-depth study. I'm just 
it, uh, uh, because of the commonality through COVID, it seems that these nodes, the 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 intensity that we're experiencing them, it has really exponentially um, a learning experience for everybody. So communication and, and social activism. Yes, when I think about that and the vulnerability that comes up with that, and the fact that we're dealing with all these. Everybody, everybody's in the stage somehow, even if they're not, because through COVID, we've had the elders and the young that have been somewhere in our hearts that the people that are navigating this new world that we're going into um, have them deep somewhere in their hearts. You know, I mean, they may not be online or something, but they're part of this story and how they're feeling. So thank you. Always exciting. Well, the vernal equinox, which we realize that there's only five days between the charts. So really, essentially, it's the personal planets that are moving and only looking at the equinox because it is often considered to be that seed point. You know, it's the very beginning. The AP, the Aries point, as astrology realizes, the whole archetypal idea that you're breaking forth for an identity. So we might have something to say of it. And personally, what I'm seeing is that in that chart, because we do want to go into the bi-wheel and particularly with the Venus. But first of all, the, the two rulers we're talking about, the Gemini, well, okay, of the nodes, Mercury squares Mars, which is uh, by orb conjunct the nodes. So again, I guess that really goes back, doesn't it, into what you're saying, Jeff, about this social um, impetus that isn't going to stop. I mean, it's in Pisces, too. No, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And it's it's what I love about what Ray said is that um, it, what came to me while you were, uh, speaking just moments ago, Sue, is that, you know, the speaking out of the vocal activism that we've all seen, especially over the past year and a half, um, with, you know, Black Lives Matter and plenty of other things, uh, literally plenty, um, is, you know, speaking out and being vocal about what you believe in was standing up for what you believe in can really, you know, that automatically makes you a target for criticism and attack. So you're being very vulnerable by speaking out and, and taking that initiative, which is, as you said, Ray, you know, the vulnerable side of, of being completely yang, which is very much so Aries. Um, so with the Gemini there, with how much Gemini, the North node, where we're heading, you know, this, it is, it's, it's taking us where we need to be. And you can kind of see that very, very potently. It's, it's, so good to zoom out so you can see what's really happening astrologically. Absolutely. I like what you had mentioned, Jeff, of how, again, this Venus star point, which is going to be at five degrees of Aries, but it's ruled by Gemini, ruled by Mars and Gemini, conjunct the North Node, which, as you mentioned, at 13 degrees, which last year the Venus star point was at 13 degrees of Gemini. Um, but so even Caroline Casey, she talks about how the three signs of the Venus heliacal rise, like the most common in the last, I believe, 
I'm going to botch the numbers, but I feel like the last hundred years, the most common three signs of the Venus heliacal rise. So as she comes out from her conjunction has been Scorpio, Aries and Gemini and how Scorpio is the reemergence of the snaky feminine. Uh, Aries star point is about the reemergence of feminine leadership. And then the Gemini is about the reemergence of the power of our voice. And so I feel like, again, particularly right now with the Venus Aries star point being ruled by Mars and Gemini, it is like, how do we bring our voice to the table and how do we do it in a way that is honestly vulnerable and again fighting for the voices that can't be heard or fighting to create a space in which all voices have a place to be heard this really is a special way of 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 denoting it which carolyn casey is just for those that may not be aware a brilliantly um out of the box uh perception. But the vulnerability I'm realizing, isn't that where the heart comes in? So these Venus star points really are, mm. although they may not be so obvious to a lot of, you know, there's many factors of how to look at astrology, but it has been uh, Ariel Gutman, who, Gutman, in her book, The Venus Star Rising, has since I think she published it in 2011 or something, has become more in our consciousness of this energy happening and yeah so the the because you know at they go retrograde so this is the second to the last of the aries and they started back as a pair so when you bring up aries and scorpio they're a pair they came in during the 20s that's 1920s 100 years ago and they're just fading out in fact since they're going backwards it, it'll um I think in 2022, I read that Scorpio is leaving for, and then it'll be Libra, which will be a hugely difference. So this, there's so much more to talk about than that, because, you know, right now we, go ahead, Jeff, I hear you. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that, um, uh, first of all, a huge shout out to Ariel Goodman for uh, her, her, really beautiful book, um, super interesting material and very worthy uh, Venus star rising. But she does mention about how, you know, we're coming to the end of the Aries and the Gemini and we're moving to, is it Gemini? No, Aries and uh, Scorpio. Scorpio. And, we're, mm -hmm. and we're moving to the Libra and the Pisces. And, you know, the Aries star point is going to move to the Pisces and the, the uh, Scorpio is going to move down to the uh, Libra. And that brings, you know, a little bit more of a desire for for being harmonious, working together as a as as um, bringing collective. You know, what Libra is seeing yes. both sides and understanding both sides. And being, yeah, and then the Pisces brings the compassion and and um, honestly, it's kind of is is the pre vulnerability. You know, it's it's going back into the womb and feeling that all is one we can all connect and get together and get along and so hopefully the intensity of the um, Scorpio Aries moving to the Libra Pisces can bring a little more you know after all this whole cycle of the Aries star point from 1929 until for another three more years left here um, has really I mean if you think about what's happened in that in that 100 years it's just uh, astonishing to see how much kind of serious angst on a global level happened 
Um, it is. And, 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 and how just kind of brutal it has gotten and not to go down the rabbit hole of the negative, but it really has been such a huge uh, factor in the last hundred years and to see the potential for to try to again zoom out and see the potential for the compassion and the working together that we could find ourselves in in the next 10 years you know we can always be hopeful and i really feel like this you know the heart centered of the venus star point can really help get us there hopefully. absolutely because she does bring out a lot of this idea that the um, that tangle between those two energies of, of initiating your own self-discovery and then deepening the powers uh, of, 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 of wanting to know why and, and the emotions and, and whatnot is, um, has a positive, but it's also been a bit of who is the power for? Is it for me or we? And so what you're saying is it's going to shift over to the we more. Well, looking at the Venus star point chart itself, you know, real quick, before we jump into that, I think everything you guys just said is um, bringing this to my attention. Um, But so the way in which Aries relates to Scorpio and also its opposition Libra um, is that, you know, if we talk about the snaky femi- feminine of Scorpio, uh, in Asian traditions, the ruler of Libra was actually uh, the dragon. And so, again, I always like to say the scales of justice or the scales of the dragon. And I like to lean awesome. towards the scales of the dragon. Um, but in particular, that the Aries-Libra axis, you know, we are so kind of cultured in, you know, modern Westernism that, you know, you slay the dragon. But that actually the lesson of this axis is to befriend the dragon. You know? And so again, it's not to tame, it's not to uh, own or slay or kill, but we learn to befriend the dragon in all of us. And that being a very feminine thing too, of like, we aren't supposed to suppress the feminine. We aren't supposed to conquer the feminine. Like we are supposed to engage it and embrace. The embrace. Beautiful, right? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot like the uh, martial arts where instead of force against force, you use that force of the nature of the other to uh, deflect or to develop something. Yeah. In fact, I'm taking a class from Alan Clay, who I think you both know from New Zealand, who wrote mm-hmm. Sedna. And it's about Ixion, the lawless one. But he also uh, wrote a manual about clowns, uh, which he says Ixion is a perfect example for. But again, he was saying that for clowns, that nothing is unused. It's like a total resource, compost. And this is my way of saying it. Because everything you take in can be used, like I was saying with the martial arts, you know, to recreate because the idea is is that you laugh eventually at oneself i guess so pardon me for that tangent but you know what yeah the heart when you think about it that's what we need is a little laughter don't we because it can get pretty serious about when you think about uh the war or the negative or the shadow side of all this that we're talking about and where does venus come in because venus too has her heritage of being morning star night star and uh, or evening, as they call it, and can be the goddess of love or 
warrior because love sometimes isn't always like, oh, you're so sweet. It's like, ah, I want that because I, you know. Yeah, love isn't easy. <laughs> no. So we have to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the Gemini too. There's the humor, you know, the kind of the wit and the let, let's let's not take this so seriously, you know. And uh and I was also just thinking too about the the Aries um Scorpio. And Ray, I love the femininity that you're bringing into these. I really do, because it is it is it has been ingrained in us, even as you know, you know evolved astrologers, if you will, or whatever, that, you know, the masculinity of Mars, the masculinity of Aries and Scorpio, but there is so much femininity to them. And I appreciate you uh, um, awakening us to that. That's awesome. Good. Exact. Yes. <clears throat> exact. Exact. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. Scorpio and, and Aries are both ruled by Mars. And, you know, the fact that those two are switching to um, Libra and Pisces, you know, yeah. we're going to the Venus and the uh, Jupiter. traditionally Jupiter, you know, and, you know, modern Neptune, you know, very much more, you know, traditionally speaking, much more benevolence uh, than malevolence. Um, but I don't tend to really like to go to the the good and evil side of these things. But, um, but, but nevertheless, yeah, there, yeah, there is. is. Shadow. And, and yeah. so yep, go ahead. I'm so sorry, <laughs> rambling. <laughs> but what's fascinating too is that Pisces and Libra are in Antitia. You know, they have it's a it is a balance factor there that's even stronger than you know not than just the Libra fact is that they're mm. you know they have the same sunrise sunset each at that time of year and stuff. Yeah, yeah and to tell people a little bit Antitia, which is not a simple thing. Richard Smoot has a great whether it's the Esar or I think Opa has it. If you just go into uh, there, is it's one of the blogs that that has been posted. But Antitia is where, as you said, in that sense. But yet the the shadow of one is seen in the other. They have this amazing relationship. So it's really a valuable thing. Boy, my threads of thought are just like hanging in thoughts. It's, oh. Well, and even again, the, the Aries-Libra axis, um, you know, the Libra is the yang face of Venus. You know, it's a yang sign. And so I always actually see it as, you know, it is, the youthful yang of Aries actually coming into court and it's where, you know, it kind of softens itself and it puts up its tail feathers and it's like, Ooh, I'm going to like show off in court and attract the ladies. And, and even again, kind of tie into that idea of like, we befriend the dragon rather than slay the dragon. It is like, kind of like we see Saturn being exalted in Libra like Mars going to Libra is a actually maturation process. And, you know, we might use the word softening, but it is Mars like learning how to curb those more primal aspects where it's just instinctive reaction to how do I embrace the other? How do I see myself reflected in the other? Oh, perfecto. Thank yeah, you. And really we kind of getting the, uh, the selfishness out, you know, um, quelling and learning about how you've been so selfish you got to put that down and get over yourself and and yes. merge with the other well awesome. and so often yeah. recognizing that our selfish desires are actually to then compromise with another like so much of our like 
selfish drive is that we want to embrace others. And so we have to learn, like you said, like, how do I temper that so that... It is in the, we're going to have to take a break, but it is that mirror. It is so true. And it's a two-way street. Absolutely. And it's like how much ownership and whatnot. Thank you. This is the fourth season, starting with Jeff Gronlin and Ray Sapp. And today is just after the equinox of March 21st. We'll be right back. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hello, my name is John Talevich. I'm a chiropractic doctor, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi, here we are again, and we're talking about the Aries-Venus star point, that Kazemi point that's going to be on March 26th. And I think I have a time here somewhere. Yes, it's going to be at 2.57, moved around out to 2.58 on Eastern time, and in on the west side of the coast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, do I have that right? Yeah. Okay, so that that's where it is, so we can figure that out. And I am with Ray Sapp, Mountain Astrologer Magazine, and Jeff Conlon mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Organizational Professional Astrology. And so I think going into this uh, relationship with the last year uh, Venus star point would be very exciting because just to recap before we do that, I was noticing that this particular, well, we can bring it up to the relationships between Mars and Mercury. And then at some point, if we can tie it in a little bit to the United States, but we'll see because we can always do that for another talk. Okay. That Venus star point from last, because this one's at five degrees Aries almost six degrees, five and 50 minutes. But last year's was 13 degrees 
Gemini. And it's still in the picture, folks. It's like it, it goes clockwise. So now Gemini is going up to be the head and and uh, Aries is going to go over to the one of the arms. So it's a relationship. No, Gemini is going to go over to the arms. Yeah, thank you. Meaning that, uh, okay, Jeff, you had lots of thoughts about this. I know, I thought. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know if I had lots of thoughts. I had lots of uh, notice. I noticed a lot on the chart. I didn't necessarily delineate a lot of thoughts out of it. But That's okay. What one thing I definitely think is super fascinating, and I would be, I would like to research whether this happens regularly. I might reach out to Ariel and ask her if she's already discovered this, so I can save myself some time. But um, last, the Venus star point last June on uh, June third last year. Sun and Venus were conjunct at 13 degrees Gemini. And the Venus star point that happens uh, next Friday on March 26th, Mars is conjunct the North Node at 13 degrees Gemini. So we have this really fascinating, you know, relationship between last year's Venus star point and this year's Venus star point because the ruler of this year's Venus star point, Sun conjunct Venus in Aries, the ruler of Aries, the dispositor is Mars in Gemini. So that's why I talked about it earlier. Um, no need to rehash that, but definitely the connection between uh, the Venus, all the interplanets, really Mercury, yeah. Venus, Mars, Sun, Earth, you know, no sense talking about the moon, but <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> really fascinating how they all really are connected between last year's and this year's star points. And indeed, in that bi-wheel, because folks, what we're doing is June 3rd, 2020 at 1.42 p.m. in Eastern Side, that's the coast, and the 2021 that's coming up on March 26th at 2.43 Eastern. And we're doing Eastern. A lot of people are there and you got to choose one side versus the other. So there we go. And the capitals there, et cetera. So... But the chart's still the same. I mean, just looking at the energies. And here we have these two. If Ve if Gemini rules uh, the Gemini one, I mean, if Mercury oh. rules, thank you. Yeah, the Gemini one and Mars rules them. They're conjunct. They're both at 15 and they're also in Pisces. It's just incredible. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's square the additional the notes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So the fact that the ruler of last year's Venus star point and this year's Mars conjunct the North node is Mercury conjunct last year's Mars. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for all your radio listeners, I'm sure you're following all this beautifully. <laughs> I know, but essentially, you know, we know that when you delineate that Aries and Gemini can be the most talkative in many ways, along with, I think Pisces, but uh, here we have it. So it's like, how are we going to make these conversations? I know we've talked about the vulnerability. It's also about the the, the heart centered uh, ability to to uh, to use information. Or yeah, what are you thinking, Ray? Okay, on that vulnerability note, uh, particularly as we tie it into Mars being in Gemini, like we mentioned earlier, 
the vulnerability of using your voice, but also it's about the risk of using your voice. You know, we talked about how, you know, what the Aries and Scorpio star point started in 1929 and us looking at what has happened in the last hundred years since then of the degree of which we have the power to use our voice now, not that it doesn't come with its own risks, uh, mm. you know, I would say much different risks in modern day versus, you know, 1930. But when we just think about that principle itself of what, what capacity of risk is involved when you speak your truth, you know, what, um, you know, what depth of vulnerability do you have to reach in yourself in order to speak your truth and, you know, feel safe speaking your truth? You know, I'm looking at the United States chart, and I didn't send that as a chart to you folks, but for the Sibley chart, for our audience, that's at 5.10 p.m. in Philadelphia, 1776, July 4th, when we declared, the United States declared independence. And in that chart, 12 degrees Sagittarius is arising, meaning the descendant is 12 degrees Gemini, and that's exactly where all this is happening. So, and and it also is in between, you could say almost like a midpoint, if we take the degrees, that's what it means between any two points, between our natal Iran is at eight Gemini and our Mars at 21 Gemini, all mutable, all seeing polarity points, because if we go into the whole idea of what Gemini is, which everything has its depths, but if nothing else, it had the twins, one mortal, one immortal, so it's like how spirit and matter connect and, and finding that. But it's also, well, it also polarity. Diversity, mm -hmm. diversity and variety. And so with Mars and the North Node be, both being in Gemini on the descendant of the U.S. chart, again, this conversation we're having about how to use our voice and what voices get to be heard, um, you know, something that's, you know, an apt for conversation right now that's up is, um, you know, cancel culture or um, things like censorship and whether we agree or disagree or where we're at on that spectrum, these are important conversations to be had about, again, whose voice is included, whose have been excluded and for how long. And even as, you know, we revere written word, you know, I love books, but who has had the power to publish? Who has had the power to have access to language itself? You know, when we look at um, the history of illiteracy in our country, you know, it's all things that ought to be brought to the table in this, you know, conversation for the United States, if not the, the greater globe. Beautifully put, Ray. Yeah, illiteracy. Super. Yeah, uh, these are, these ring, they just echo in my heart and inclusion rather than exclusion <clears throat> to and and to realize therefore it, it takes because there is again maybe this is back to the heart of venus one needs to is to get out of the intellect to really feel to connect you know like feel like in the water signs or feel like the the fire of of of, of I was gonna say, I feel like Aries, you know, that vulnerability, that very primal mm -hmm. aspect that Aries is actually a very emotional sign. It's a very feeling sign. You know, it's the gut. It's where, you know, that first, you know, instinct, if you will. Passion. You know, yes. Um, which, you know, has its own detriments in ways, but <laughs> it's that punch, you know, it's the force we need to push through things. Yeah, like the little seedling often said, it's bursting out of the earth. It takes a lot of energy. That's right. You know, we, we've really 
been pushing forth with that kind of that uh, that passion and that desire and that you know act before you think kind of you know um, uh, trait, if you will, as a collective for a long time. Is it really does show itself, in my opinion. <clears throat> and Ray, when you were speaking earlier just a moment ago, I um, wanted to just add to that that you know you know how like you know the illiteracy who's had the power to be published you know um clearly a lot more men have been able to be published than women um and minorities have you know the illiteracy rate is so much higher amongst minorities of course um and but at the same time despite the fact that there are still all these um you know um losing the word not finding the word but uh these these things that aren't fair the you know injustices thank you these injustices despite uh thank you despite all these injustices how many injustices there still are and there are plenty but if you look at how far we've come in those nearly 100 years from 1929, you know, women, like nobody oh, wanted yeah. to admit that they were gay. Um, you know, women couldn't vote. I mean, it just it goes on and on and on. And so these these kinds of things, we have made a lot of ground. And of course you do throughout history, no matter what, regardless of being a start points perhaps, but the, the, the fact that these two arms, Aries, Scorpio, are only two out of the five arms that we've had for for a long time now, you know, uh, Capricorn, Leo, and um, Gemini. Gem, uh, Gemini, yeah. Interesting combination of, of signs, but yeah. anyway, I just wanted to add that, that that's, yeah. uh, we have made a lot of progress, but at the same time, we have so much more to go. And one more thing, if I may, sorry. Uh, oh, is of that, course. This this con this conjunction between Mars and the North Node on this Venus star point this year on the U.S. chart is on the descendant in the seventh, and yeah. you know we are moving shortly into um, and that means the Venus star point last June too was on in the same spot on the U.S. chart in the seventh house. So interesting that this Libra uh, seventh house you know story is kind of part of this, like you were mentioning, Ray. Um, about you know the other and relating and the vulnerability of of Aries having to court you know and shake his tail feathers like you said you know that is kind of we do need to befriend the dragon because the dragon is 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 breathing fire and we need to really make love to that dragon you know you know <laughs> Was. I like this as part of like the word monstrous. And so again, dragon, remembering the monster is us. Oh, yes. Like Pogo Beautiful. said. Beautiful. Fear <laughs> is, is, I think I've seen it myself. Well, you know, I'm remembering always that Pluto, as it is now at 26 and a half degrees, and our natal um, Pluto for the United States is one degree away, 2732. And in February 2022, it makes its first exact conjunction and it has two more in 2022. And for astrologers, this has been a big march of consciousness to realize that all these incremental steps as we try to regenerate, go into metamorphosis, 
um, empower trash, you know, compost, what isn't working. It, it's a enormous ex, um, process of, that we're just experiencing. It's not really something to put on the table and decide we're doing. It's happening. We have no choice. Oh, which reminds me, that means this is what I wanted to bring up for the United States because the Venus star points is also a 250-year cycle, meaning it repeats exactly as it was every 250 years. Pluto is 248-year cycle. Well, it, wow. yeah. And so the Venus star points, are, and the, the way you find your Venus star point is that before the inception or birth, whether it's a person, a business, a country, whatever, it would be the Venus star point, the, the, the Kazemi point between Venus and uh, a planet. So the natal one for the United States is Scorpio. It's one degree Scorpio. Well, we are approaching the, and it's five signs. I mean, five, you know, it's this little army of five points. And when they say it's, whatever the Venus star point is, that's the head. And then two behind it would be um, arm leg and the ones ahead would be arm leg. So, and they have a relationship, but the point is we are ex going to be experiencing this. So the next in 2023, I believe it is, let me think. I have this down. Let me interject real quick, Sue. I like um, how you're bringing in the star point and its cycle with Pluto. And in particular, you just said that, you know, the United States is about to have its first Pluto return. And so with these Venus star points in Ariel's book, you know, she talks about kind of like the Chinese um, elements and how one feeds the other. And so she talks about how Gemini feeds Capricorn. And so again, us talking about the variety, the diversity, um, and you know, Capricorn is very much about definition. And so when we look at you know the variety of words and communication within that Gemini, and I think that we are at that precipice. You know, if we talk about this Venus star point, the ruler being Mars and the North Node on the descendant Gemini descendant of the United States chart, and our Pluto being in Capricorn, how do we use our diversity and our variety to redefine? power in america mm. Mm. beautiful it's, right yep you know and who has the power i know samuel reynolds he was on and that was one of the takeaways that rings a bell who has the power because uh it, it is changing you know as now everybody can vote well citizenship has included women included blacks thankfully um so yes who has the that's interesting thought. You know, another interesting thing of uh, just my uh, love discovering these little, you know, zaps in the charts. But um, last year's Venus star point chart, it, in addition to all these other great, you know, connections, uh, activations, Jupiter was at 26 degrees Capricorn last June 3rd. And, Pl and Pluto is presently at 26 degrees Capricorn. They're actually three arc minutes apart. This Venus star point and last year's Venus star point, Pluto is right on last year's J Jupiter. So, so that story and, and Jupiter, all, of course, rules the south node that we're in right now, too. And, you know, the whole Pluto-Saturn-Jupiter Ju conjunction from last January and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is it's so fun to see the web of the story and yeah. you know what's really Changing. stands out 
changing our belief patterns really seriously. And that's so beautiful how astrology indicates that, like that observation. Yeah, that it's really digging out, Mm -hmm. digging out the the depths of of what we believe in and what is really the truth. Yeah, through all the experiences, through all the the different incremental moments that we keep peering at, like a a spyglass into time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or a microscope. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get some good visuals going. And again, I think as far as like the parallels for the U.S. chart, but even just in astrology itself and the astrological community and this being a language, how do we honor the different dialects of astrology, you know, the different techniques and, you know, just like our external political environment, the internal community can become just as polarized and just as um, defensive or, you know, having the camps of this is the only way to do astrology. I mean, I know for me, it's a big part of, you know, my mission in this world is just to like, how do we sit with the entire spectrum of this study and honor it? How do we hold space for it all? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that parallels a bit my own to get beyond the cliches. And it's not that astrology intends to have cliches, but yet people seem to quickly go to so many little takeaways that are only a, a little fragment because it might, it, I'm realizing people see the shadow side and then critique the whole tend to, and I'm trying, I'm keeping away from generalizations, right? That mm-hmm. Jupiter need to, because it's not all, but to, to be inclusive, in other words, or what was the other thing that, um, Alan Clay says, not, oh boy, think so quick. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the pull, it's the embracing, this whole idea of embracing the, the, the many, it starts with a P and that's the problem. I can't think of it. I think it does. But at any rate, the whole idea too of inclusiveness, but in a different way of not polarity. Hmm. Well, yeah, you clay um, or uh, clay, um, Sue, <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the, the cliches is something that is just, you know, I noticed it. I've noticed it for years and it's, you know, kind of irks me a little, makes me kind of cringe and crawl. Like, nah, you're going to transform yourself. You know, it's like, but Anyway, without being like, like you said, um, yeah. going down the negative, uh, the inclusiveness and bringing that together, you know, this has definitely become a major polar uh, issue in amongst especially organizations. And, um, you know, being a, a member, a board member of OPA, you know, the or, um, and we're not the only organization that is catching, you know, some stray people who are more than stray, frankly, but definitely there are people who are um, speaking out against uh, in a way to the organizations and how they aren't being inclusive enough. Um, I would like to just speak for that and say that we are totally open to anyone being a part of an organization. And, uh, and we would like to see more diversity and inclusion amongst the entire community as much as possible. So um, bring it on and let's all be, really let's work this out and hold space for one another everyone one and all there is real hope this is a great way as we have our last uh, three minutes or so and by 
let you know the music will begin, but we have about a minute, half a minute, so we don't have to just sign right off. But I am thinking that I noticed with solar arcs, and I know you're both familiar with that, and folks, I've mentioned this before, but it's a timing mechanism of a degree, a year, part of astrology, but it has interesting insights. So going to the United States one again, our um, natal Pluto that we're talking about getting this transiting return, 248 cycle, as far as solar arcs, every 30 years, it goes into the next sign, just shifted in August from um, Virgo to Libra which is so fascinating. So how we're going to transform is through relationships, which makes me feel that for, I think both of you might have, well, no, no, you don't, Ray. But but if for those that have Pluto in Libra, it's going to bring um, their uh, persona of experience very powerfully as leaderships. Plus our moon in December, solar arc moon, not to be, confused with the progressive, went from Libra. So we were all involved with partnerships all the time, but from a from a moon standpoint of like security and the, what the moon wants to Scorpio. So we are. Yeah, yeah those are big shifts. Yeah. So what I think yeah. what you're saying about the collaborative possibilities um, I know you were saying a lot more, but somehow that's... Right. Yeah, sorry. I, I probably got a little Neptune. No, no, no. I that. like it. I like it. it. It all feeds. It feeds beautiful because that's yeah. communication, right? It's like we're going to get... Yeah. Gemini gives it all out and somehow you just got to kind of keep weeding through stuff. Yeah. Gemini just says it all. Capricorn helps reduce and define yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim Gunn says edit edit edit, edit. <laughs> yeah. should we put it in a book should we put it in a vase should we put it let's see what shall we do with it make it a cornerstone yeah, yeah. that's what but Somehow. Ray you were definitely saying that you know we just we need to hold space for all all of us and we need to have a, a, a more communication and um get to know I mean, you said it better than I did. I don't want to. Well, and I think it really comes back to that like radical vulnerability spot and to kind of bring in some other Aries words is how to deal with our own defensiveness, you know, and our own triggers um, and how we do that in, again, a safe space, a loving space, a space where we allow our own vulnerability and the vulnerability of others. And you know, that Gemini quality of how do we actually listen? How do we actually hear without being in that defensive space? Which could be the Aryan part of that. And, and I'm trying to find yeah. that word because you know what? If we can really <laughs> live in a world that has many um, multiple possibilities, more possibilities, because right now it does have the Piscean energy going that's part of our seed, rather than try to eliminate you know, like we can define this and that to help us move along. And that's so important, I think, in this. Get away from the cliches of whether any of the little trigger points that we have in the debates that polarize people and, and use that sense along like you're saying with the Gemini feeding or the Capricorn feeding the, the Gemini. So next week, I think we're having the Moonbeam team. And tonight, this is the fourth season and to celebrate, I have both Ray Sapp of the Mott Astrologer and Jeff Gronlund of Opa. Uh, 
astrology for the professional, uh, for organization of professionally, professional astrology. And we've been talking about Venus air, uh, star points and our heart, our heartbeat. Gee, my hey, heartbeat. Sue, Sue <laughs> congratulations on four years. Woo, thank you. And Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.